bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobiel. And now, today's word. I've titled my message, Seize Your Kairos Moment. Seize Your Kairos Moment. Most of you will ask, what is a Kairos Moment? What is Kairos? It's not English, it's a Greek word and I'll explain it later uh, in my message. But I'm talking about how to recognize your critical significant moment in life and how to seize it, how to take hold of it, how to grab that moment in history when God makes things work together for your good. And I pray that we will be able to see, seize our own Kairos moments as individuals, as families, as nations, as corporate organizations, we can identify those, those moments and seize them. Please stand with me in your Bible to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and we'll read verse 1 and then we'll read verses 10 and 11. Ecclesiastes chapter number 3 verse 1 verse 10 and verse 11. Ecclesiastes is a book of wisdom and it teaches practical wisdom about life. It's the observation of wisdom in life. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. And then we'll jump to verses 10 and 11. Let's hear the reading of God's word. To everything there is a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. And then it goes on to talk about different times, a time to do this and a time to do that and a time to do this and a time, time to do that. Then jump to verse number 10 and verse 11. And it reads, I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time also he has put eternity in their hearts except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end the passage talks about time it talks about seasons it talks about purposes and it talks about the best time for things to happen God makes all things beautiful in their time. Although the book of Ecclesiastes also says we cannot know everything from the beginning to the end. That means that where I stand now, I cannot know everything that is going to happen from now to the next 50 years. I have no idea of knowing. I, I may have some idea of some things that may happen in the next 50 years. One of it is that I'll be an old man in the next 50 years. My wife will be an old lady in the next 50 years. We'll still be married. We'll still be in love. And we'll still love each other dearly in the next 50 years. I know that is going to happen. 
But I cannot know everything that is going to happen in the next 50 years. I can't know how choices I make now will turn out. I, I can't know how things in the nation of Ghana will turn out. I can't know how things in Africa will turn out. I can't know uh, how the political atmosphere would be 20 years from now, 30 years from now. I cannot predict that. So we cannot know all these things from the end. But the Bible says when a certain time comes, God makes all things beautiful. So although I cannot know everything from the end to the beginning, I, can, I should be able to tell when the times change. Is that right? I can't tell what will happen from now to the next 50 years. But I should tell when we move from rainy season to dry season. I should be able to tell when the seasons change and the times change. When we use the word time in English, most of the time it doesn't have a clear picture and we're not able to explain the concept of time very clearly. But in the Greek language, the Greeks had several words for time. But two of those words are important for what I'm teaching today. The first word they use for time is the Greek word chronos. Chronos means time either long or short. That means time that can be measured. The time on your watch. A watch is a chronograph. It, man it, it, it measures chronos. It measures the time, whether it's long or short. One second, one minute, one hour. And by the way, how many of you watched the Olympics? Did you watch? Did you watch the 100 meters? Did you watch Usain Bolt? That was a crazy moment in time. My, my mouth was open. I was looking at that guy running the 100 meters at 9.69 seconds with time to spare to joke. Because I'm an athletics man. I, I just, that's my favorite sport. I just watched that. I said, wow, the chronos was working for Usain Bolt. 9.96. That is chronos. Time that can be measured. Somebody runs the marathon in two hours, two minutes. That is chronos. You can measure it. Our service time starts from 7.30. It closes at 9.30. Closes at 9.30. Okay. <laughs> closes at 9.30. That is chronos. So you come to church and you say, well, by 9.30, we should be closing. If we don't close, you can give it a couple of minutes and we'll be closing. That is chronos. You are measuring the shortness or the longness of time. That is one way of understanding time. But there is another word for time which the Greeks use. It's called kairos. Let's say that together. Kairos. Kairos is not the same as chronos. Chronos is measuring time as you do with a clock. Measuring how fast somebody runs 100 meters, how long a service is, how long you cook a certain food. Those are all chronos. But kairos is not about measuring the long and short of a time. 
Kairos is the time when things are brought to focus. The time when things are brought to focus. So, for example, when you say it is the rainy season or the time for rains, you are not talking about clock time. You are talking about the time when rain happens. Something is brought to focus. It also means the decisive epoch you've been waiting for. It's the moment you've been waiting for. It is a time you have spent t- uh, your effort waiting for. It is, for example, when a person says, it's time for me to marry. They don't mean that uh, I should marry at 9 o'clock. No, it means that the moment for me to marry has come. It's not Kronos, it is Kairos. So it is the epoch-making time. And thirdly, Kairos is the opportune or seasonable time. It is the opportune or seasonable time time it is a time when opportunity and and seasons favor you so when the bible says he makes all things beautiful in his time he's not talking about chronos clock time he's talking about season time kairos so what do i mean when i say i use the word kairos moment A kairos moment, therefore, is the time when all the seasons of preparation and hard work present you with a historical opportunity designed for significant achievement. This is my own definition. It's the time when everything seems to work so that something happens in a certain period. And when you understand that, it's talking about a season in your life when all things seem to work together for your good. All things seem to conspire so that something specific happens in your life. And in the Bible, there are many of such Kairos moments. You can remember the moment when David met Goliath. David is going to take food to his brothers in the army. He goes there, and whilst he's there delivering the food, all of a sudden, Goliath shows up and issues a threat. And at that time, it was a Kairos moment for David. He had the preparation, Goliath was the problem, and he believed he had come to the battlefield for such a time as this. When Esther was confronted with the threat of Haman to destroy the Jews in Persia, and she was told, don't you know that probably you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this? It was talking about that Kairos moment. It is the time when Peter is confronted at the gate called Beautiful. And a man is sitting down there begging for money. And he's been doing it for a long time. Probably did it when Jesus was still alive. And probably Jesus might even have passed him by and never healed him. We cannot tell. 
because Jesus had gone to that temple and the man was still crippled. So probably either Jesus did not use the gate or he probably ignored the man. Peter walks through the gate and obviously that was not his first experience. I'm sure he's been going through the gate and I'm sure he's been talking to this man and I'm sure he's been giving money to the man. It wasn't the first instance that he had gone to the temple and it wasn't the first instance that the man was sitting at the temple. So the man says, give me money. And Peter says, look on us. At that time, Peter believed that something unusual was going to happen. Nobody had told him what was going to happen. Up until that time, there is no recorded specific evidence that Peter had healed the sick. There's nothing. He had, there's no recorded evidence. There was a record in the Gospels that some, when the 70 went out, miracles were done. But we, we don't know which miracles and we are not told which miracles. And we don't know whether it happened to Peter. So we cannot guarantee that he had experienced a miracle. At, until this time, he had never by scriptural account healed anybody. So he doesn't know whether when he tries it, it will work. But the man looks says, give me money. Peter says, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That moment when Peter recognized that he could actually bring healing to that man, that moment was his Kairos moment. And in your life, there will be such moments. And if you don't seize them, they will pass you by. There will be a moment when God presents you with an opportunity to do something remarkable and something significant. And you have to recognize when that moment has come. You should be able to say, like Esther, I've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. This is my moment. This opportunity is for me. It's my Kairos moment. It's my season. And in each one of us, our lives, there will be several Kairos moments. As a matter of fact, Peter could have walked past the man and walked by. The only thing is, he wouldn't have known what could have happened and nobody could have known what could have happened. So we would think that it was a normal thing. Because he did what he's been doing normally. Sometimes we keep doing what we've been doing normally. And we miss our Kairos moment. Because we are used to a certain routine. We do it all the time. We say it all the time. We, we, we act in a certain way all the time. But we never are able to tell when the seasons have changed. I want you to listen to what Jesus says to some people concerning how they respond to moments in their lives. Matthew chapter 11 verse 16 to 17. Jesus speaks to a group and he describes a generation that I will identify as the indifferent generation. The indifferent generation. It's a generation that doesn't care. They are indifferent. They, they, they can't feel when things are changing. They can't respond to change. Things change, they remain the same. They are very comfortable with who they are and stay with where they are. If things change, sometimes they get angry. And this is how Jesus describes 
the indifferent generation. Matthew chapter 11, verse 16 to 17. Jesus says, But to what shall I liken this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their companions and saying, We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We mourned to you and you did not lament. Jesus is describing a generation. And it's, he says, it's like a generation which can be described this way. You play a happy song, they don't dance. You play a sad one, they don't dance. Whatever you do, they do nothing. They are an indifferent generation. Nothing moves them. And when people have this kind of indifference, they are unable to seize their Kairos moment. The indifferent generation lacks appreciation for what others do for them. They lack appreciation for what others do for them. Jesus says, it's like a generation who can be likened this, this way. You play music for them, they don't dance. You mourn, they don't weep. Whatever you do, they don't appreciate it. An indifferent generation does not appreciate the effort that people make for them to have an opportunity in life. There are people who, no matter what you do, what, no matter what effort you make to try to help them in life, they don't respond. They need a job. You, you give them a job opening, they won't take it. You can actually even write an application for them to, for them to take to a place where you have already spoken to the managing director. They won't take the letter. They come to you, you blast them, you get so angry and you insult them and you think the insult will inspire them. They don't care. They come the next time and you encourage them with sweet words. Oh, it will be great. You will do great. It doesn't move them. There are some people who are unmoved either by anger or encouragement. Nothing moves them. You can insult them. You know, insults have a way of inspiring you. Don't you think so? Sometimes people insult you and you feel like, ah, I will, I will, I, I will make sure nobody insults me this way. And because of your resolve not to receive an insult, you change. There are some people you can insult them, insult them, insult them, insult them. No, no change. You can praise them, praise them, praise them. No change. Encourage them, encourage them, encourage them. No change. You lift up their hands, their hands fall. You try to make them stand, they collapse. You turn their head to look this way, their head turns back. You play whatever music they don't care. They are called an indifferent generation, an indifferent people. And people like that never seize the Kairos moments that God brings their way. They can sit under the most profound ministry, hear the most profound word, see the, the greatest miracle, have all the opportunity, they won't respond. It's an indifferent generation. The second thing about the indifferent generation 
is that they are unable to respond to opportunities given to them. Not only do they not appreciate what you try to do, they can't respond to opportunities. Sometimes they see opportunities as problems. They perpetually see the negative of every opportunity. They are hungry. You give them food. Maybe you give them kinky. And you give them fish. They will ask, where is the pepper? <laughs> they have no place to sleep. You give them a bed to sleep on. They ask, where is the pillow? They, 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 they can't see anything good in anything that is done for them and have no appreciation for opportunity. You open a door for them, they want you to take their leg and move it into the door. You give them food, they want you to open their mouth and put the food inside. It's called the indifferent generation. Jesus says, you play music for them, they don't dance. You start crying, they won't cry. What do you want to do? Nothing. They are unmoved by changes happening around them. When the tune changes from dancing to mourning, they can't even tell and it doesn't change them. Nothing changes them. The indifferent generation. One of the situations that saddened Jesus the most is when he looked at the Jews of his time and he said, he lamented over Jerusalem and said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How I wish I could gather you like a mother hen gathers her chicks. But you would not. And he says, you, you can't even see the day of your visitation. The time has changed. This is your day. This is your hour. But you don't see it. Opportunity is there glaring you straight in the face. Wearing red. You can't see it. You can't see it. You can't appreciate it. You can't take advantage of it. Sometimes people can work in a place for 40 years and never see any opportunity. People are going for courses. They won't go. People are going for whatever. They are giving loans for people to buy land. They won't take it. Whatever opportunity is there, they never take it until they retire and then go and blame everybody for how life has treated them. You give them music, they won't dance. You cry, they won't cry. When you work in a place and you have access to study leave, to go and improve yourself and get a degree so that you have a better option in life and you don't take that, what else do you want God to do to lift you up? Somebody gives you a job opening and you don't take it. Somebody introduces you to a significant contact, but you never use it. Or sometimes the introduction is done, but you abuse the introduction. You have opportunity to work with significant people whose word can open doors for you, but you show no interest. This is what you've been praying for. Lord, help me. Lord, lift me up. Lord, oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I need money. I need money. He's not going to rain money from heaven for you. He will open a door for you. And you have to have enough sense to know that this is an opportunity God has given to me. It's my Kairos moment. 
And that moment may not be there forever. Some people who are your friends may not be your friends forever. Some people you know today, they, you will not know them again. Sometimes, you know, you, people come into your life and for some reason they want to do you good. And the same people next year may become your number one enemy. So this time that they want to do you good may be the Kairos moment. A time may come. The same person doesn't want to look at your face again. All you say is human beings change. Oh, you can't trust them. This man, I was with him. I was with him last year. And he, the promise he gave me, look at him today, he has changed. Did you recognize that when the favor was upon you, it was not a permanent feature? It was a Kairos moment. It's a Kairos moment. The person is introduced into your life because there is something he must facilitate. He's not a permanent furniture in your life. He's transient. He's transitory. And you have to know when God has brought somebody into your life for such an opportunity. Even me, a, a human being, there are many times I, I have been with people and you want to open doors for the people. But they can't see it. They can't. Because they have become an indifferent generation. You play music, they won't dance. Morning, they won't dance. Seasons change, they won't change. Whatever you do, they are still there. Meanwhile, sometimes they are the greatest prayer warriors. Praying, fasting, interceding. God, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I claim my day. In the name of Jesus. And God says, yeah. This is a Kairos moment. Can you recognize it? Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.